thanks for being here tonight. Um, yeah, I, I texted out that I was feeling a little earthy yesterday. You know, Earth Day. Yay, Earth. All that kind of stuff. What? What about today? I'm feeling earthy today. So I was inspired. We went to Florida. We were out a little bit in the sun. We got to be on the ocean. We got to see things. You know, everybody freaks out. Dolphin, oh my God, dolphin. You know, and you're just like, ah, oh, the Earth. It's so good. Like, such a good place, right? And so, anyway, I was kind of feeling that vibe. And I wanted to talk a little bit in that direction here tonight. Now, I'm in the middle of a film on Netflix called The Creative Brain. The Creative Brain, highly recommend. I mean, I highly recommend everything. And then people come back to me and they're like, Phil, that was, and I'm like, hey, I watch everything. So this one's pretty good. I mean, it's really cool. Like he's going on this exploration and talking to lots of different people about their creativity. So if you're needing a little inspiration in that area, check it out. It's very cool. Um, it's kind of exploring the idea that individually and collectively, we have incredible, incredible creative potential. You know, humanity has the ability to adapt, to, to reason, to critically think, to innovate. Like, we possess that in an extraordinary way, like, that's unparalleled across the species. We've got that going for us. We have that. I mean, from cave people to space exploration, that's us. Like, we bump up against limits, and then we're like, no, 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 let's think about that. Let's change this. Let's imagine this. Like, our brains can imagine what doesn't exist. We're not stuck in the rut of, here's the way it's always been. Continue to do, continue to do. Keep in that circular kind of fashion. So. It's a very, very cool film. And as I've been watching that, I've just been thinking like, man, we are ridiculously creative. Ridiculously creative. And I love that. I think Seinfeld said it best in one of his stand-up routines. He was talking about like how creative we are. And he said there was some scientist standing somewhere and they watched someone eating a watermelon. And they said, that's got to stop. And so they figured out a way to create the seedless watermelon, you know? Like, it's like, that's what we do. We assess, we create, we keep moving forward. That's us in a nutshell. Now, I wanted to ask quickly if anybody in the room would be willing to think about it and even share it, an expression of creativity that is literally jaw-dropping. Because we all know they're out there. You've seen them, you've been like amazed at humanity's creative expression. Is there anything in particular that you would throw your hand up and say, absolutely jaw-dropping expression of creativity? Boom. Paper clip. The paperclip. <laughs> Thank you. I'd, I'll piggyback on that with Velcro. Oh my god. Like Velcro. Oh. Paperclip, Velcro. Anybody else? Duct tape. Duct tape. Duct tape, the answer to so many problems. The wheel. The wheel. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, yeah. Boom. I'll throw that one in the mix. Anybody else? Sidewalk chalk that looks three-dimensional. Oh, the dudes that paint the three-dimensional things. And then you see the picture, and you're like, what's happening here? But it's all flat. Yeah. Those guys are crazy. Absolutely crazy. The alphabet. Thank you. The alphabet. Numbers. Like, unbelievable. First picture of the black hole. Mm. Whirr. That just happened. Like, our human creativity has been happening and it continues to happen. It's 
pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. That film will like get inside it a little bit and tear it apart and like let you understand it a little bit, talk about the brain, kind of get your juices flowing. Like it's pretty awesome. Jaw-dropping creativity. How about what just happened in Sri Lanka? This past weekend that pretty much can break your heart. How about what happened in New Zealand? Christchurch. Or even 9-11. See, creativity has this thing that kind of goes both directions. Just because we have this limitless, like massive creative potential doesn't mean that we're always guaranteed positive, awesome results. Both ends of this spectrum are kind of represented in our human creativity potential. Like it, it exists out there, both sides. Not to leave you on a down, I wanted to go back to the positive jaw-dropping stuff, dinosaur bones. Oh my gosh, someone found one, dug it up, found a bunch, dug it up, and then put them together. I always go into those museums and I'm like, how? How? Like I, I struggle with puzzles, you know, like normal puzzles. But anyway, human creativity, human creativity. When we harness our creativity, it doesn't always yield the same outcomes. Ridiculous creativity doesn't automatically guarantee good results because both ends of the spectrum can result. Both ends of the spectrum. I'd throw on one side maybe like full hearts, better outcomes, worse outcomes, broken hearts on the other side. And, you know, we can even start on one end of that spectrum and then slowly slide toward the other end of that spectrum. Like, I bought Chaco sandals right when they came out. Chaco sandals were amazing. Do you guys know the story behind Chaco sandals? Like, this guy wanted to create a reusable, recyclable sandal. Why? Why not? Like, you've got one sandal, why not just have one sandal for the rest of your life? That was like the goal of Chaco. And then, as with most things, demand increased. Demand increased, demand increased. Company was sold, right? Let's meet demand, let's make profits rise. Let's bring production costs down. Let's push this over here, let's make them like this. It's not really a recyclable sandal anymore. It's kind of a bummer, you know? Good intentions started out on one end of the spectrum, which I was like, this is amazing. And now it's kind of like on the other end. They're still cool sandals. I mean, they give you great tan lines on your feet and all that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> People have contests all the time, I know. But I'm just saying, you can start out on one end of the spectrum, you can slide very easily to the other end of the spectrum. And it's, it's just very interesting that we kind of have two paths sometimes with our creative potential. That like, it can yield such different results. Now, what I would say is we can choose those two paths, so we have to ask a question in the middle of all our creative endeavors. There's a very important question that we should be asking. And the question is, is it good. And you might have to put some qualifiers underneath that too. Like, is it, is it good? Like, how? Right? Because sometimes something can be very good for like making some income, but it might not, very, might not be very good for like your health. A lot of people love to work like 70, 80 hours a week because it produces like really good income. But over here on the health side of things for your mental stability and like your stress levels, oh my gosh, 
don't go there. I talked to a Sky alumni once, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm working like 80 hours a week. I was like, no, stop. He's like, no, it'll be all good. Because like in like 10, 20 years, I'll be able to retire. I'm like, if you live that long, right? Like, <laughs> in perspective here, in perspective here, is it good? This is going to be a question that I bring up a couple of times tonight that I want to talk about. We are ridiculously creative with varying outcomes. And so my question would be, is the creative path that we're on, the creative endeavor that we're like experiencing or traveling down, is it good? Now, as a kid, I grew up in Decatur, Illinois. Um, it's not really special. Like, if anybody really talks about Decatur, Illinois, they would say it stinks. It used to be soybean capital of the world. Um, the movie Informant was based on my hometown, right? So if you've ever seen Informant with Matt Damon, there was Staley's and ADM, and Staley's had some massive, crazy corruption going on, and the FBI was, like, investigating and all this kind of stuff. Go check out the movie. It's funny. But Decatur, Illinois, normal kid growing up. And like most kids, you know, we're, we're all above a certain age limit in here. Like, we could say, like, younger people tend not to appreciate stuff like they should. That was me. I'm like that crazy kid growing up. I'm playing Atari. I'm playing with He-Man figures. I'm, I'm shooting off bottle rockets. I'm burning ants with a magnifying glass. That's me growing up. That's, that's what I did. My generation, boom, Phil, Decatur, Illinois. Now, I lived at a home that had an amazing yard. You wouldn't know it if you went there today, but it did when I was growing up. Four apple trees. Four apple trees, crazy awesome apples. I could walk out in my yard, grab an apple, and eat it. Plum tree, cherry tree, grapevine, strawberry patch, garden that my mom grew, beans, cucumbers, like all kinds of crazy stuff. This was my yard. I remember canning a lot of stuff, <laughs> like with my parents. And my sister. I remember canning beets. Ugh, beets. I still can't eat them to this day. I can't make it work. Like they stained the plates that we ate on. They stained my teeth. You couldn't drop them on yourself, or you were doomed. Like it was awful. But that was kind of my experience growing up. My mom also made some of our clothes, which I tended not to appreciate as well. Like I didn't really appreciate any of this stuff. Pretty interesting to me. Fast forward, like lots and lots of years. You know, like. I grew up, and then, like, all of a sudden, I'm all about, like, newer stuff. And you know me. Like, I'm techie, so I was into new stuff, less effort, faster results. Microwaves were awesome. I remember when we got one, and I was like, this thing's incredible. I can cook a pizza in this thing. And I would watch it, too, even though they said, like, leave the room, you know? Like, I'm, like, right there, like, watching it, watching the pot popcorn pop, watching the pizza cook. I remember getting mac and cheese. My mom used to make mac and cheese. But then I remember buying it in a box and like making it faster and yummier and all this stuff. So like life of convenience, life of ease. I'm sure that my sister and I took a toll on my parents. And as time went on, the life of convenience set in. And everything in our yard started to be less kept. I remember when we no longer planted the garden. We stopped canning. I remember when we trimmed some of the apple trees and we actually cut one down. I remember when all of these changes took place. And now here I am, a father, 
living in Summit County and what I wouldn't give for that kind of a yard. Oh my gosh, a yard like that's incredible. It's amazing to be able to walk out and appreciate that and experience that. I really could not comprehend that as a kid. I just didn't understand it. Now, I would suggest, I would suggest as humanity, human child, that's what we are, kind of like, you know, existing for a while. I would suggest that it's time we grow up a little bit and appreciate the world in which we live. See the gifts that have been given to us and take care of them before they're gone and before we have to remember and tell stories about things. Now, I think growing up like that might mean choosing something other than a life of convenience. And it definitely means asking the question, is it good? Now, most of you know that we recently moved. And I'm telling you what, if you want to see how much crap you own, move. Oof, it's harsh reality. Oh my gosh, the stuff that we possess, that we never use, that we will eventually throw away, mind-boggling. That's jaw-dropping, to say the least. I can't believe it. I talked to a friend, and they were like, you're moving, so you rented a dumpster. And I was like, no, we didn't rent it. We should, probably should have rented it upstairs. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's unbelievable how much trash I'm actually hanging on to, how much trash I accumulate and possess. Another way that you can really see and be keenly aware of how much you consume and how much trash you produce, go camping, right? Go camping, because then you're very aware, especially if you camp in areas where it's pack in and pack out. You know exactly what's going on, and you live by different standards when you do that, because you might get fined, right? Or you're trying to leave the place immaculate and beautiful for the next people that come through, because you want them to enjoy that same space. Another experience that I recently had that made me very aware of trash. We, we just went to Florida, like I said, and uh, we were on a boat with some friends. And we're on the boat, and we, we bring on coolers, and we've got kids. How many kids were on the boat? Three, two, five kids were on the boat, essentially. Four adults. Packed out boat, coolers and stuff. And right behind the steering wheel, there's this little door that swings open, and they've got this teeny tiny little plastic bag to hold your trash. We filled that thing up in, I don't know, 10 minutes. Like, it was done. And then after that, you're slamming the boat down and you're flying and like stuff starts blowing around and you're like, oh my gosh, like throw that away, throw that away, throw that away, throw that away. We were on the boat for like four hours. So much trash. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. Didn't want any of it to get in the ocean though, right? So I'm like trying to capture it all, capture it all, put it in there, and then please just close that door, would you? So I can't even see that stuff. The interesting thing about trash is you always send it somewhere. You don't really ever think about where. You don't really ever think about who lives next to there or what that smells like or the fact that like really trash isn't really going anywhere. It's kind of here to stay. Especially 
certain kind of trash, right? Certain kind of trash. I thought this picture was funny, because hopefully you've seen Jaws, right? So reenactment of Jaws right here. They say that right now that 60 to 80% of marine debris, marine debris is estimated to be plastic. 60 to 80% of marine debris is plastic. Now, this fun picture is certainly you've heard about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, right? The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. That's a diver in the middle there. He's diving. This exists out in the ocean. It roughly covers 1.6 million square kilometers. That's 619,000 square miles. And it's out there. We don't see it all the time. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But it's there. And let me tell you, it's not going anywhere. It's plastic. Another picture. This is a photo from inside a wave. I always love pictures that kind of like put you in it and like let you kind of see it and feel it just a little bit better. And then I have one other picture. This is an installation called Plastic Ocean. Um, it was created by a uh, Singapore artist. And she was just overcome with the fact that she said that 8.8 .8 million tons of plastic end up in the world's oceans each year. Like 8.8 .8 million tons of plastic every single year. And I, I can't even fathom that. They said it weighs more, like, I, I can't get it. Like, even all the stats, like, they just don't make sense, right? It doesn't compute. But she created this to give you a different perspective of what it feels like to be under the water in the midst of this trash. She created this with, like, all these floating objects, and she put mirrors be on, like, all the sides. She wanted us to feel kind of that pain and to understand it. Now, I said we just went to Florida. We were in Florida, and I saw more people. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting. We went to the grocery store. We went to the grocery store. And before I even knew what was happening sometimes, like we didn't have any reusable bags. So we're there. We're doing it. And then they just kind of do their thing. And then before you know what's happening, like all of our stuff's in bags. And we got it out to the car. And one of my kids commented when we were putting the bags into the car, they were like, wow, there isn't much in these bags. I'm like, no, they used like a bag for every item. <laughs> like it was just like boom, boom, boom. Now here we've got like the 10 cent rule. I still remember when we put that into effect and my dad and Ann's dad came and visited for the first time and my dad went to the store and they were very vocal about it right when it came out because like some people were pissed and like other people were like, yeah. But my dad was one of those guys who was like, what? 10 cents for a what? This I don't understand. So he came home and I had the discussion with him, you know? I was like, look, this is supposed to like deter people from using these bags. That's why it's really there. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to stop the use of these bags. Ann's dad came and visited. He got upset. He was like, 10 cents for this bag? And look, this one even has a hole. Like, he was like pointing out the quality of the bags. I was cracking up. I was like, we all know they suck, like that they rip, that they fall apart, that they're horrible. I don't know why we use the plastic produce bags, because like vegetables don't like to touch or mingle. Or, I don't know. Like It's like, <laughs> got to have a bag for your cucumbers. Got to have a bag for this stuff. You know, it's like, keep it all separate. Then it gets home. All goes in the same drawer. Whatever. But plastic bags. Plastic bags. I came across it in Florida. And I just kept thinking, oh my gosh. Like, so here, I was, 
I told Ann, like we're like literally on the edge of the ocean and we're at a restaurant that's not like imposing any kind of like regulations, right? That you would think they would do because they're staring at dolphins. Like they're right there. Like here, we come here and you're like seeing like the outdoors and all these kinds of things and what kind of regulations do we impose to ensure that like we're gonna grab a hold of this beauty, we're gonna embrace it, we're gonna take care of it. Because if we don't, who will? It won't happen. And so when we're in Florida, like I'm like thinking about this, and I read something that said that the estimates right now are that up to 80% of the oxygen that we breathe comes from the ocean, not land. 80% of the oxygen that we breathe comes from the ocean, not land. And so what I was reading said, in order for us to continue to breathe, we need healthy oceans. And I just kept thinking about plastic bags. And I was like, man, apparently, like, 10-cent fines aren't enough. Apparently, that's not enough. So I just wanted to kick it out to you guys and encourage you that maybe it's time we literally grow up as humanity. Maybe it's time we understand that our creative endeavors can take us down a dangerous path, lead us towards something that we don't want, and then we need to get ridiculously creative all over again and say enough is enough. Stop, turn around, make a huge change, and don't do it tomorrow, do it today. Any Game of Thrones people? Come on, you can admit it. I watch the show, I love Game of Thrones. Now, Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Like, here's the fun part of Game of Thrones, if you don't watch it, it's about all this like competition between these different groups of people, like these different empires, these different regions, and here's the thing, they all have to come together to fight one common enemy that's going to destroy existence. Kind of what I feel like is going on here in a lot of ways. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the earth is dying. We're breaking her back. We are not taking care of the earth, of the gift that we've been given. We do not appreciate it to the level that we should. That's kind of what's going on here. And it's not about like who does it the most or who's doing the least to help, or any of the political BS that's out there. Right now, it's about growing up. And it's about saying, hey, this isn't how the world is going to work. We determine how the world works. Let's do something to change it. I almost feel like we need like mandatory classes or something. It's like Planet Care 101, you know? Like all around the world. Like, let's light that up and start that up. So I want to revisit our creative potential just one more time, just for a second, because someone out here is saying like, oh, but plastic has helped us. We created it, and it's done a lot of good things. It has. Like, the thing that I brush off my car with all the time is made out of plastic, and I love that thing. Because <laughs> it gets all the snow off my car. I'm thinking about like medical devices that have enhanced, changed, and saved people's lives. Plastic, it's helped us. We created it. It's done some really good things. I think we also need to ask the really hard, tough, difficult question, is it good? And particularly what I'm thinking about is single-use plastic, people. Come on, single-use plastic that we use maybe for five, 10 minutes sometimes. We discard 
and it goes out into the Great Pacific Garbage Batch, and it's like destroying the ocean, destroying life as we know it. I'm suggesting that maybe we use our creative brains, ridiculously creative brains, we figure out what life without some of that single-use plastic could look like, and we help the earth and we keep moving forward like we've always done. It's what we do. We figure it out and we move forward. The tricky part is that kicking that plastic habit isn't going to be so easy. It's actually really, really hard. <laughs> there was an article published last February in New York Times, and it, the title was, Life Without Plastic is Possible, dot, dot, dot. It's just really hard. Really hard. In other words, it's going to cost a lot. A lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of convenience, a lot of comfort, a lot of money. So see, if it's not something fast, and it's not simple, and it's not easy, and it's not saving you money, doesn't sound like a very good sell, does it? It doesn't sound like a very good sell. For all the good deal people out there who are looking for that, like, what's, what's the good deal? Well, the good deal is a happy ending, like, for, like, the Earth and us. Like, we continue to exist. That's pretty awesome, I think. But by the way, it's going to cost a whole lot of other stuff, though. A whole lot of other stuff. We have a Keurig. Keurig? Right? Is that how you pronounce it? I just call it that thing that makes my coffee. Keurig. So, like, I've got a Keurig. It's pretty easy. And uh, produces a lot of plastic trash. Dang it. It's so easy, though. You just fill that sucker up, open it up, put it in, pop, boom, make my coffee. Coffee made. Throw away. Do again, do again, do again, do again. Now, they do sell like a little reusable thing. She could pop in instead, because we have it, and my wife uses that. I say my wife uses that because I have yet to. And every time I make a cup of coffee, I feel so bad. I feel so awful. Like, I really, really do. We even have a mother-in-law who's like, yeah, I won't use that thing. Too much waste. And I'm like, you know? <laughs> but like, at what point do we assess what we're doing and say, enough is enough. Stop this. Like, I get that we can't fix the huge looming problem like all at once, but all the small things that we can do, they all add up. They have thus far to like creating a huge problem. Like they've all added up. So we're kind of in that place. You know, why do people buy Patagonia stuff? It lasts a long time. Anything else? The brand, the warranty. They reuse their stuff a lot. They make stuff out of plastic. High quality. Yeah, they reuse plastic. Patagonia is one of those brands. It's like, man, it's going to cost you. I kid you not. It'll cost you. But it's going to last. <laughs> It's repairable. They'll help you repair it. The warranty. They give stuff. They reuse it. Like their practices are more in line with like let's create a sustainable future. Like it's going to cost us something, but in the end, it's so much better. I know so many people that are so focused on their health, their own personal health. Like that's what they're consumed by, and they're working toward it, and they're making sure that their body is fit and that they can live like a really long time. I think we should turn some of that focus and energy towards the health of the planet as well. Because here's, here's the thing that I've always run into with nonprofits. 
you like apply for grants for nonprofits and they're like, yeah, we don't want to give you money for your nonprofit, but we'll give you money to do like a project or something. Like a project, and I was right back, I'm like, well, what good is a project if the nonprofit doesn't even exist? Like we gotta have money to fund this thing first and then we can start thinking about some projects. It's like, what good is your own personal health? Like if the whole like planet on which we live is in decline and it's like just going down, we've gotta step in and take control and like figure this one out, make some stuff happen. So of course I've got some experiments for you guys. I'm gonna fill you up now with some ideas, right? Some good ones too. Now, overall, I would just say, well, consume less and purchase plastic-free stuff and planet-friendly stuff. Boom, broad statement, right? And you guys are like, oh yeah, okay. Didn't change anything for you, I get it. Even more specifically, maybe you could do what lots of states are starting to do and other countries have done, and you can say, you know what, I'm gonna personally ban and avoid all single-use plastic. I'm gonna try my hardest to do that. And like, right when you say plastic-free, it's kind of like what happened to all the vegans and all the vegetarians, right? You ever meet somebody who's vegetarian, and you're not, and you're like, but you eat fish, right? Like, you try and like shoot them down, like right away. <laughs> you're vegetarian, no you're not, no you're not, no you're not, no you're not. Like vegan, eh, oh, honey? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, it's like what you do. So you say words like plastic free, and it's like, oh, I get it. You can't be plastic free tomorrow, but you can start. And you can just do the small, simple little things that you need to try and do. I would say avoid, ban, single use plastic. More importantly, if you're going to steer clear of anything, steer where, stay away from <laughs> number three, number six, and number seven. Number three, number six, and number seven. Those are the plastics we really want to not support, right? Like not continue to kind of like be there. Even more specifically, this is where it gets fun. Reusable shopping bags, boom. Like let's try and do that. And yes, you're gonna forget them a lot of times. So it might cost you some extra time to run back out to your car and get them. You might have to do that. You might have to be that person. It's okay. Again, why the hurry? Like where you gotta be, right? Three more minutes, you're out to the car, you get them. I also saw today, today I was like reusable bags, like I haven't really found some reusable bags that I like. Personally, I'm a style guy, like so I care about that kind of stuff. So I was looking this up and I found, you can make reusable bags out of used t-shirts that look sick. I'm not even kidding. Here's what you do. You like cut sleeve off, cut sleeve off, so bottom of t-shirt. They're awesome. You've got two handles where the sleeves were, and boom, you put everything in through where the neck was, and you've got this awesome, like, reusable bag. Just putting that one out there. So you guys can do that. Now, um, and certainly get, stay away from the plastic produce bags that you can't even open, that, like, waste minutes of your life, honestly. Have, I can never get those things open and you just sit there and fiddle with them forever. Just, how do I get an edge? What do I, it's not happening. And then you throw them away. So stay away from those guys too. Um, borrow instead of buying. I love that one. You've got neighbors, maybe. Use them. Like borrow instead of buying. Like put it out somewhere and see if you can't get that without buying it. That's gonna help you consume less. Also it's, offer it's great. It. Because Offer it. you keep telling people Thank that you, you have this to loan, 
that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Offer it. Put it out there. Let them know it is available, that you will share this thing, that we don't all have to buy it. <coughs> Try this experiment. Go camping in your house. Ooh. Right? The standards are different when you go camping. Bring those standards in the four walls of your home and see what doesn't change and see how much trash you produce in your fine abode and then kind of assess, take inventory, see what changes you could make and then even do this. Call and reduce the number of times that they come and pick up your trash. See if you can do that and just say, you know what? We don't need you to come. At my house in Decatur, they were coming like twice a week. And they were doing that for my parents still. And I was like, twice a week? How can you even fill that thing up? Like we do, one, we do like once every other week. And it's like sometimes it's a struggle to fill the thing up. It's not like a contest, but, you know. But it is. <laughs> can we fill it? Can we fill it? Here they're coming. Fill it, fill it, fill it. But I'm just saying maybe reduce the number of times that it gets picked up. So maybe you produce less. Um, this is one that I love. And I don't even know how I'm going to do this. If you're a guy and you don't have a purse, I don't know how you do this one. But if you can figure this out, come talk with me. Carry reusable utensils and straws. Right? right? Reusable utensils and straws. So then you never have to be like, no, nope, I'm good. Don't need your spork. I'm all good. Right? Don't need the straw. Don't need it. It's all good. <laughs> Just whip it out, like from all of those. Only buy wine in glass bottles with natural cork stoppers. Um, only buy pet bowls that are not made of plastic. Thinking of your pets. I read somewhere that plastic bowls can cause pet acne. Just FYI. I have, I'm not a pet guy. Don't have one. Just throwing that for all of you people. <laughs> Some of you with pets are laughing at me right now, and I read that. Um, Planning a party, make it earth conscious, right? Parties and like the times when we get together, like that's some of the most trash. I went to a wedding this past fall, Cooper and Riley, and they announced so many times during their wedding that they had put so much thought and care into everything that they provided there because they care about our planet and they wanted to make sure that they made stuff that wasn't going to hurt the planet because we were all getting together to have a good time. And they didn't want it on their conscience. They were thinking ahead like that. If you're planning a party, take the extra time, take the extra effort, put it in, and make sure that like, you can have the least amount of waste as possible. You can also request zero waste packaging. You know when you're ordering something online, like we all do, and we're killing all the retail stores? But like you're ordering online, and there's the little comment section it's like, what do you want us to know about your order? You can say, hey, I'd love to have zero waste packaging. And they might write you back and be like, what is that? <laughs> and you're just like, I want you to use this kind of stuff. I want you to not use this kind of stuff. I want it to come to me like this, because I'm buying your product, and this is what I'm requesting. The more we request that kind of stuff, the more it begins to happen. The more we ask for it, the more we demand it, the more we say this is what we want, that's kind of where it goes. Um, if you want to go a whole nother level, give up all bottled drinks. Oof. Tough. Take a travel mug with you everywhere, right? And use that. 
You can use pencils, not disposable plastic pens. That one would hurt me so much. I can't even believe. Shampoo. Deodorant. Toothpaste. These are all things that you can actually get without plastic packaging. When it comes to shampoo, you can get solid bars. When it comes to toothpaste, you can get these things that you put in your mouth and you bite and you chew it. It's just these like toothpaste bit bite things that you kind of make here. When it comes to like your actual toothbrush, <laughs> instead of plastic bristles, yeah, you can have pig hair bristles. Like I read about it. Like you can pig hair bristles. Like if you're up for that kind of a thing, if you're ready to take that step. I'm talking a whole nother level. Ridiculously creative, we can do it. That's the funny thing. We can live without plastic. It's just really hard. Is it worth it? We all know it is. We all know it would be. We've all seen the horrible pictures of what plastic has done and what it continues to do and the devastation and destruction it causes in this world that we've been given that we're actually called to take care of because if we don't, we've got the brains. We're supposed to take care of it. That's up to us. That's what we do. There are tons of resources out there. I mean, you can go on, just type in life without plastic and stuff just pops up. There's tons of great books. There's tons of great films. Like I would say, hey, definitely check out Our Planet on Netflix. If you want some inspiration, check out Our Planet. Check out One Strange Rock. You know, and get that kind of stuff filling up your heart and your mind so then you can say, yeah, 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 I definitely want to make some changes. I definitely want to grow up. <laughs> I definitely want to turn this thing around. I'm going to send out a couple of videos um, later to the More to Life email for you guys to watch and kind of check out. I'm also going to send a list of resources that you can check out. I do want to leave you, though, with one main idea. Because it seems like our creative potential, like in all our endeavors, we've tried to create this life of convenience. It's kind of led us down this dangerous path. And now the question is like, but what now? Like if we know it's possible, like what do we even, what do, we even do? So I've got this little story for you because we were in Florida. Does anybody know this bridge? The Sunshine Skyway Bridge, right? Lower Tampa Bay. This bridge opened in 1987, and it's pretty awesome like to drive across. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty high. Like, if you're scared of heights, maybe not so much. Um, I drove across this bridge, I can't remember, back in the 80s <coughs> with my family during like a hurricane, and it was, it was terrifying um, when I did it then. But what's funny about this bridge is this is the second bridge with that name to be at that site because... This was the first bridge. The first bridge. And <laughs> this bridge collapsed in May 1980 when a freighter collided with it. There was this like suddenly violent weather cell that crept up, you know what I mean? And it reduced visibility to like zero. And the guy driving the freighter couldn't see a thing. It was obviously at the moment he was going to go under this bridge. He didn't know the bridge was there. Collides with the bridge. The bridge disappears, people died, and people kept driving off the bridge. They couldn't see that it wasn't 
there. Right? And eventually, like, enough people stopped, and they were getting out, and they were trying to flag down people, trying to say, stop, stop. And, you know, at first you think people are crazy, and you just keep going and things like that. But that happened at this bridge. This is the iconic picture taken. This guy stopped just in time before he went off the bridge. He was right on the edge, ready to fall. And he was right there, and he stopped. I want to leave this image with you because, honestly, when it comes to plastic, when it comes to waste, when it comes to like the lifespan and the health of our planet, we know what's ahead. We know it. We can see it. All the evidence is gathering. Like we're experiencing horrible side effects. Like lots of things are beginning to happen and we know where this current path leads. I just wanna encourage you guys to say, it's time we turn around. It's time we put on the brakes. It's time we stop. And it's time we head the other direction. It's time as humanity we grow up and we take action and we care for the earth. Because change is possible. And there are lots of amazing people who are already doing it. And I've got to be honest, like as a kid, I saw people doing stuff like, and I was like, why are you even doing that? You're so weird. You're such a hippie. You're so like, I don't know, a tree, whatever. You know what I mean? I couldn't appreciate, I couldn't appreciate this world, our only home, this crazy, awesome planet. It's time we grow up. It's time we appreciate. It's time we embrace. It's time we talk. It's time we teach. It's time we demonstrate. It's time we get uncomfortable. It's time we take time and put in effort and spend more money. It's time we do the things necessary to get crazy, ridiculously creative and keep moving forward and figure this whole thing out. We ask the question first, is it good? And if not, then we get busy and we get creative and we figure it out because it's a problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a health problem. It's a, it's a world global problem. Now, just to guilt trip you a little bit more, cleanup day. It's coming on May 18th. Uh, there's a sign up in the back. <laughs> you can help clean up the county and do some things. Like I said, we're definitely going to put it out there. It'll come out in an email. There will be some resources, some inspirational stuff to watch to get you motivated. Because I know I've had days. I'm the guy who wakes up and I'm like, everybody's telling me to recycle. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I get rebellious, like inside of me, and I'm just like, watch that. Like I didn't, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Sometimes it hits me. I'm not lying, like this is me. Sometimes you need the motivation, you need the nudge, you need the inspiration, you need something. That's why I love this picture, because I love the idea of turning around. I love this kind of a thing because it puts me right in it. It lets me see the problem. It lets me feel it in a way that I can't otherwise. And so check out the email when it comes out. Look into that stuff. See if there isn't something that inspires you and just start by doing something. I know some people in their houses, they like to move room by room and they like to say, okay, how can I be plastic free in the kitchen? Boom, get that under control, create those habits, kick those old habits, then they move to the bathroom and they add one thing on, and now I'm plastic free in the bathroom, and now I'm doing this here, and then they move to other spaces. So consider food for thought tonight at Mortal Life um, in celebration of Earth Day yesterday. Yay, Earth. 
Um, anyway, thank you guys for being here tonight. I appreciate it.